This episode of Broken Boundaries is brought to you by Mindset First Mental Health and Performance. Mindset First offers psychological training as well as counseling help for both the athlete and non-athlete population. Mindset First is a safe and confidential place where any psychological and emotional difficulty will be met with care, compassion, and understanding. Check us out on our website at www.mindsetfirst.ca. Welcome to the Broken Boundaries Podcast. Today, we continue our journey in breaking the stigma of mental health amongst athletes. It's here that you'll hear and see the psychological difficulties and challenges that athletes must face when looking to succeed and achieve their biggest goals. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of Broken Boundaries. Today, we have with us Malcolm Shaw, who is a professional soccer player out of the Canadian Premier League. He's currently playing for Atletico Ottawa. Uh, he's somebody that I grew up with, who I came up with through the university uh, NCAA path. And he is joining us today to talk about some of his uh, you know, difficulties as he has progressed through his athletic career um, when it comes from, from a psychological standpoint. Malcolm, dude, thank you so much for, for joining today, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. Of course, my pleasure. Um, so why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about how you got into soccer? How did you start up? Were there kind of idols that you had growing up? Tell us a little bit about how that happened, man. Yeah, so uh, my soccer journey started, I was really young. I was probably around four, three, four years old. So I started playing uh, for Pickering Soccer Club. I grew up in Pickering, Ontario. So started going, I played about three or four years of house league. And then from there, um, I went to like a select program. And then from there, I went to like rep and whatnot. And then from there, I've just been um, continuing on that journey. Um, played for Pickering until I was about 13 or 14 years old. And then I transitioned. I went to go play for an academy in Toronto. Uh, it was called Power Soccer. Um, and then I was in between like for like three or four years, I was in between Power Soccer and like Vaughn, Woodbridge, that sort of organization. And then uh, from there, I went off to university. Uh, Roberts Wesleyan College, obviously the same school that you went to. Yeah. Um, small, small Christian liberal arts school in Rochester, New York. Didn't know it existed before uh, I actually met the coaches, but um, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, I uh, ended up doing my four years there. Obviously, I did, I did soccer and track there. So, um, so yeah, I definitely had my university experience and my collegiate athlete experience there. And um, always, I had always had aspirations of playing professionally. So. From uh, from university, I went to play for a few months in Erie, Pennsylvania, because I had aspirations of trying to get uh, on a team in Rochester, but that didn't end up working out due to a few reasons. So I ended up coming back home, and then uh, I ended up going to I moved to Sweden. So I ended up uh, my first uh, year professionally was in 2018, and I went to play for a lower division club there. Yeah. And uh, for so t- for 2018, I played uh, and 2019 I was in Sweden. So. For the 2019 year, I moved up a division and played there. And I had plans of aspirations of going back. And this was around this was around 2020. But obviously, you know, the world changes. We knew it with uh, right. COVID and whatnot. So that kind of threw a wrench in my plans there. But I ended up coming back home and I was reached out to uh, by a club in the Canadian Premier League. So and then from there, I went to trial with Ottawa, who I'm currently with now. And then the rest is history. And I've been with them ever since. So that's a bit of my journey in terms yeah. of going from youth soccer to university and then into the professional ranks. Dude. And that's, that's really interesting, man, because you know, you, you've had what seems to be a pretty, pretty like linear journey. Right. 
Um, Funny you say that. Funny you say that because it's actually right. been this hasn't been conventional or linear actually at all. If I was to go into more detail. Right. And so, what I'm curious is, you know, as you're going from house league right and through rep and through like the steps that we take here in Canada uh, for a lot of players, right? Uh, and you get into that like OPDL level, you get into that kind of like provincial level. Throughout that process, how was that for you? Did you find that that to be a difficult process? Was it easy to transition from one to the other? Tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Um, I felt uh, that the transition from, again, like house league to rep and, and whatnot, that was, I was fairly, a fairly smooth transition for me. But um, I would say in regards to the um, challenges that I faced, it started actually during my last year in Pickering. So to go into more detail, obviously we're speaking about, again, psychological barriers that we as athletes face. And um, at this point, my last year within Pickering, I was about 13 or 14 years old. And before that year, all throughout you know, my year, my career at Pickering, I was kind of a marquee player. I was a guy that usually would always play and always get minutes and would be, you know, a pretty important piece of the puzzle in right. regards to you know, games and competing and whatnot. And that was, I always had a significant role in the team. And uh, the year, so that year, I think under 13 or under 14, we were transitioning to where we got promoted to go to OISL, which for mm-hmm. that age was like the, the top level for like that age group. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had a new coach come in, or I think it was the same coach or a new coach. I, I can't really remember. Obviously, it was a while ago. And um, pretty much he kind of mixed a lot of things up. So pretty much, again, like it's not like I was really out of place. I was still, again, a part of the program and a part of the team. But that year of OISL, um, yeah, it brought us some new players and stuff. And, and pretty much throughout the, the that whole year, I was barely getting any playing time. And I was mm-hmm. just in and out of games would be tra- – and mind you, OISL, you're traveling uh, provincially, provincially, so all across the province, traveling to and from games, practice and whatnot, and I wasn't getting any other playing time. So that was – I was in and out of the lineup. Um, at times, I'd travel across the, the province to games and would literally sit on the bench the whole time. And mind you, I'm, I'm about 13 or 14, so I'm young. Right. And pretty much, like, throughout trainings and stuff, like, my confidence was just getting – was just being destroyed just with, uh, again, some of the – the coach's decisions in regards to playing certain players that I knew and felt weren't either better than me or didn't deserve it more than me or didn't work as hard as me, but for different reasons, like what if a guy was a little taller or like if a guy was maybe a little bit bigger or physically mature, right. necessarily better. But again, for those various reasons, the um, I would, it would impede my playing time. So of course this was very discouraging for me, especially as a young player who had aspirations of continuing to develop and then propelling the game. And on top of that, um, the coach, like uh, the coach would, would say some things my way that would be, you know, very discouraging for a young athlete to hear and different things of that nature. And um, definitely, you know, my parents were getting upset. Like other parents would even inquire to my parents, like, man, like, why isn't Malcolm playing or what's going on? And, you know, and uh, even to this day, like me now at, at 26, like I have conversations with my parents and they share with me kind of the struggles they've had witnessing their right. son through those challenging, that challenging transition and not playing and, Again, I'm the first one, first one at practice, last one to leave, working hard, um, you know, respectable player, never giving the coach any any problems or, or havoc, and yet still it's not it's, – it's like those things aren't either being recognized or rewarded come game day. So right. definitely a very uh, challenging and discouraging time for me in that, in that part of my journey in which I had to – and, like, at times I got so discouraged where I'm like, man, like, I don't, I don't know about this. I wanted to kind of just hang up the boots. Like, it was very right. – I, I, I was very – I was on a very low point um psychologically mentally and emotionally 
Because again, yeah. this is something that I this is something that I invested in. It's something that I, I love to do. So. For sure, man. And I think it's so interesting too that you have coaches, right? And and these coaches, I mean, their goal is to bring up athletes, to lift athletes, to get the best out of these athletes, build confidence, develop motivation, develop drive, right? And continue to build that hunger. And and yet we're here and you're here sitting and, and telling me that these guys are reducing playing time. They're reducing your ability to do that on the basis of really nothing. And I think this is, this is such a big, big issue across the map, man. And I see it in a lot of the athletes I work with, right? This particular issue of I select you essentially just because I like you, not because you're better, not because you work harder, but there's something that just favors you over somebody else for whatever reason. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, you know, your parents had some difficulties because a lot of times some of these coaches, they don't actually give you an answer. They don't mm-hmm. tell you exactly why, you know, you're not getting playing time all of a sudden. And then for you as a young athlete, you're asking all these questions, what's going on? Am I not good? Do I, you know, what's going on? Do I not deserve to be here? Like, and you're left in this like gray area, right? So how did you process all of that? Because your confidence was down. Motivation was probably not so great. You said you were contemplating hanging up the boots. How did you work through that? A lot of young athletes don't come out of that. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think obviously at that stage, um, I give a lot of credit obviously to my parents. I think um, they've just done, I think, an exceptional job of really um, instilling in me perseverance and just overall character. I think um, I even, it's funny. I talk to my dad now and he, tells me how obviously him being my dad he was able to witness my journey up until now and just seeing the different ups and downs and challenges that I that I had to work through he said um even I go to my dad and be like hey dad I want to switch teams or I want to I want to get in this situation and like he said listen like I understand I understand your frustration and whatnot I understand what you're going through but you know you need to you need to you need to um to 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 ride this wave and, and play this out right. you know because ultimately um perseverance perseverance ultimately develops character and brings about character and it's, it's definitely something that he didn't want to rob from me as challenging as it was as much as it was challenging for him and, and as well as my mom he understood and knew there was a bigger picture in all this that um as much as as challenging as it was for me going through a day-to-day or going to games and not playing or going to practices or not being recognized or not even uh being I guess received well by even some of the players at times at times I get discouraged by some of the players they'd be saying things or Oh, he's not that good. Oh, he doesn't really play. Or I'd hear things, you know, behind my back. And it's like, it would just, again, it would add to the discouragement that I was already feeling. Right. Right. So, so again, like with that, I just give so much credit to my parents just and them just allowing me to, to really persevere through that challenging time and not giving up on me. And as much as I wanted to kind of jump ship or hang it up or, 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 or turn the tide or, 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 or leave the situation, they, they said they really, um, pushed me and they were just supportive of me in terms of just pushing through these challenging times because ultimately um, the bigger picture is and develop the character for me to be able to get through more challenges as, uh, as my career progressed, which inevitably it did. So I just, a lot of gratitude and interest to my parents and just the support system I've had. For sure. And I think, you know, you're touching on something that's, that's critical. And again, it's something that a lot of young athletes I find uh, lacking. That is that, that overall support system, right. And that support system usually um, comes from family, usually comes from parents, or, or it should. Uh, and I think that a lot of these young athletes don't have that. 
there's a lot of parents who go the other way, right? So you're fortunate to have very supportive, understanding, caring parents. Whereas you have the opposite side, you have these like crazy, uh, overly involved parents who almost want it more than the kid. Right. I'm sure you've probably seen plenty of that. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think even with the point you're trying to get at is I was, my, my parents are, again, they, they operate more on the bigger picture. They want, they want, they wanted their child, you know, me to, to develop, mm-hmm. to develop character. There was as much as whether soccer went amazing or not, whether I played or not, like there's, there are more important things involved in that process of me growing as an individual, as a young man. Right. In that process. And I think they, they really, they instilled and valued that above how soccer was going, you know, because at the end right. of the day, soccer, like it's sports ups and downs are, of course, they're inevitable. Like we spoke right. about earlier, but, Ultimately, okay, as, as Malcolm, the young man, growing and developing his character, is he going through challenges? Because, again, you mature through challenge. You mature through sure. adversity. And, they, again, at 13 or 14, some parents, again, like you mentioned, would say, no, you know, we're getting our kid out of here. This is ridiculous. And as much as, you know, my mom especially was tempted to kind of take that route, hmm. you know, of course, my mom and dad, you know, collaborated and said, you know what, listen, we need to have Malcolm go through this, work through this. Um, and, and, and persevere through this as, ch- as challenging as it is for him in order for him to develop and grow. Because right. ultimately, these challenges that I'm facing now at 13 and 14 and the lessons I'm learning and the character I'm building will ultimately carry me to higher levels, higher levels of success down the road. For sure. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And like, so, you know, you mentioned low confidence, right? You mentioned that feeling of, of hopelessness or helplessness where, where you're looking to almost quit. Mm-hmm. were there any other difficulties was there any anxiety with this ner- was there nervousness when you got playing time was there an overwhelming feeling of pressure when you had that that little bit of playing time that they were finally kind of giving you again how, how did that work out um yeah so definitely definitely at that age definitely some anxiety um i felt like okay i felt like i put a lot of added pressure on myself because naturally i'm i'm my i'm my own biggest critic but right especially at that young age i'm feeling a lot of anxiety pressure from the coach again pressure on putting pressure on myself to, to prove to the other players like nah listen I deserve to be on the field so again I'm giving all and, and in reality I should just be focusing on going with it giving my best and enjoying myself right right like 13 years old as much well, as that's so hard to do for young athletes exactly exactly right but again I put so much pressure on like okay man I can't mess up the coach is going to yell at me and take mm-hmm. me out or other players are going to say things that, or, or they're going to be negative on the field and it's just going to discourage me even more and again all these things are cycling in my head while I'm here on the pitch trying to perform and give my best to the squad so right. again uh, putting again all that pressure on yourself is definitely something that added to high levels of anxiety and, and almost like psyching myself out, which was mm-hmm. um, definitely something I had to eventually work through. But for sure, it was challenging for sure. And then like the times when, of course, I would mess up or things would happen, and then like you hear the coach barking from the side or players, mm-hmm. you know, getting on you or not having your back. It's like it's just like a downward, downward spiral. For sure, man. It, it, it's interesting too because as a young athlete having to maneuver through those experiences, I'm assuming when those uh, moments came and w- those, those feelings were present, performance also dropped. I'm assuming you had tendencies of hesitation when you were playing. I'm assuming that there was fear, like you had mentioned, of making a mistake, right? Um, and it does sound like maybe even you're a little bit of a perfectionist in your approach, mm-hmm. right? Which obviously then, again, makes it, that much more difficult for you as a player to try to kind of find the best out of yourself when, you know, you're not getting it from coach, you're not getting it from your teammates. 
Mm. Mom and dad are there, but mom and dad can't always be in your ear. Mm. Right. Uh, so I think it's, it's very commendable as a young athlete to be able to maneuver through that. Now, through that journey, while you were still a junior, was there any talk about, hey, let's build mental strength? Was there any talk about, hey, let's build resilience? Let's build your self-talk. Let's teach you coping mechanisms. Let's teach you how to, how to prepare mentally. Was there any of that? Um, I mean, a lot of that stuff outside of like my parents and close friends in terms of like, are you talking like referring like outside services or anything like that? Yeah, like from from the actual organization, right? So oh no, Pickering, no, you know. no, like there was no, uh, no, nah. like and again, obviously, I was I was I was younger then. I was like a preteen, pretty much like thirteen or fourteen. There was no like from the club or organization. They weren't necessarily offering uh, offering that kind of that kind of stuff at that age. No, right, and it's interesting too because that's that's such an important age. Right. Mm. It's, it's like you, you really build the largest chunk of that confidence through those, like, I want to say 12 to 16, 12 to 18 years. Mm. Right. You, you, you either come out of that feeling, you know what, I, I am the player that can really take those steps and, and progress and possibly make a, a career out of this and possibly be extremely successful. Or a majority of these players stop mm. and they, they don't even pursue potentially university route or anything like that. Um, so it, it's very interesting, right? And it just goes to show, like, that wasn't even offered. It wasn't even spoken about. Mm. That's an issue. I think that that's something that that needs to be discussed. That's something that needs to be brought to the attention of players because the psychological aspect is the other pillar of performance. Right? I'm curious from 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 your perspective. Would you agree that any athlete can become physically good? Yeah. Yeah. Again, becoming physically good is, is, through, is through consistency and hard work, you know, at whatever your desired sport is, as well as, you know, being in the gym consistently and, and being at it every day. So anyone can become, can physically improve their, their athletic uh, performance. Obviously some athletes, you know, genetics kind of serve them well and, and right. bigger scale, larger scales, but um, again, physically, uh, any, any athlete can improve and, and get better. Absolutely. The next question would be, Can do you think that any athlete can become mentally strong? I, I believe, I believe every athlete can make mental improvements and become mentally strong. Yes, I do. I do think so. I okay. think, um, I think that is just, that becomes more of a challenge when, again, as you're alluding to the, the resources for, for uh, athletes' mental health is limited or not present. Right. Right. So if that was made accessible uh, uh, to, again, younger athletes up until, you know, when they've matured, whether it's university level or professional and beyond, um, that, again, that could very much, that athletes can very much improve uh, if it's accessible to them. For sure. And the reason why I ask that is because, you know, you can hop on YouTube, right? And you can just type in, uh, let's say, <clears throat> shooting drills for a soccer player. And you get bombarded, right? Video after video after video after video. If you hop on YouTube and type in mental skills tools for soccer players, mm. I don't know if you'll find anything. Mm. Or like not nearly as much as, as the physical videos, like to improve your shot right. or anything like that. Yeah. And the problem too is, is because I, I've done some of these, some of this research just out of uh, the, the athletes I work with and, and my own kind of research. And it's, it's very interesting because you get, you get individuals speaking about 
some of the things that athletes need to do. And then it stops there. There's no teaching of how it needs to be done. There is no actual tools provided because obviously they want to charge for that. Uh, and there's, it's, it's more so of just, Hey, positive self-talk. That's what you got to do as an athlete. All right, great. But when you're feeling anxious, nervous, when you have doubt, when you have self, uh, low self-esteem, how, how are you going to do that? And I think that's a big question because even a lot of coaches that I speak to, they have this, they have the same questions for me. Well, how do we help them? Mm-hmm. So in your experience, do you feel like there was also a lack of education that the coaches had, especially when it come, when it came to helping athletes from a mental perspective? Um, I would say, uh, is this more of a general question? Like even like me now or more so when I was like younger, like what we were talking about before? What, when, when you were, when you were younger, before you, you kind of went to the university level. Okay. Um, I would say, I would say, uh, no, I would say no. Um, cause the thing is also like the, yeah, yeah, I would say no, because a lot of the times the coaches were either sometimes like parents or the, at times the coaches were like, um, they weren't really like educated in regard to how to mentally, um, help somebody. Players, assist the players. I mean, like the, right. the, the 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 majority of the nods they would probably have is was would probably be from simply being a parent and then instilling whatever knowledge right. they have like that into right. the athlete as best they could. But uh, right. in terms of actually having tangible knowledge regarding it, stems from mental health and things of that nature, I, I would say no. Okay, so yeah, so then there's definitely is that that lack of education, that lack of knowledge, right? Um, okay, so you know you're you're maneuvering through some of these experiences, right? You're you're kind of dealing with some of these, uh, this anxiety, some of the fear, some of the, the nervousness. Now we have a little bit of lower self-confidence going on. How did you take the next step to that university level? How did you overcome some of those things to even allow yourself to say, you know what, man, like I might be able to go farther here. Although you were experiencing all of that. Um, so now, now, now at the university level. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I feel so initially, like when I transitioned to the university level, um, I would say that again, like I was, I was at that point, I knew I'm like, okay, like this is my goal, my aspiration. I want to take this game to the next level beyond university. Like I don't just want to cap off the university. So I think a lot of what, uh, to be honest, alleviated my, I guess, sometimes anxiety or different things like that is just knowing I knew what I, I knew what I wanted and I knew I had the, the attributes as well as the, the mindset. So mm-hmm. I think with that, again, my training regimens, um, and I knew the work that I put in would, 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 would pay dividends. And I was just, I think I, I, I developed a lot of confidence in that. And right. as I, again, continue to just keep my head down and stay focused on, on, on the end goal, as well as the process, I think that's what ultimately helped me just stay mentally locked in. Because I think, uh, again, like through that, through that, after that, there was like a pretty significant gap between the time when I went through that year where I wasn't playing and really discouraged and whatnot. From that time till when I transitioned to university, that's like three, four years, five years. Right. Between. So again, in that time, again, a lot of, uh, I've made a lot of changes mentally. And then again, I continue to improve my game and, and work hard and, and just use that as fuel and motivation. Right. And again, that I, again, I give credit and credence to again parents and friends and family that have helped me transition and 
mentally improve from that challenging time. And again, a lot of, I've used a lot of that as fuel and motivation to continue to grind and continue to work and, and understand that like, this is, this is part of the grind. This right. is part of, this is part of what's going to be set out for me. If I want to give myself the best shot at achieving the things I set out to achieve. Right. Was so there, think, yeah. was there ever any doubt that you had that you could do it? Um, doubts. Yeah. Yeah. I've, so again, and that could transition if you don't mind, if I transition from that, from the younger days and if I can get more into the modern days. I yeah, can. absolutely. So, so again, um, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to, okay, before you showcase tournaments and different things to showcase your talent to different schools. Mm -hmm. So through that, through that time, um, again, I was playing well and whatnot, and I had aspirations of going D1 and I had the capabilities and whatnot, you know, I had the grades and whatnot. My mindset was get division one and then from division one, hopefully play four years at a D1 school and get drafted. That was my aspiration initially. Right. So as I was going through there and then, you know, the way things panned out, it just wasn't in the cards for me. And um, Roberts Wesleyan came about. And again, I wasn't looking to go to Roberts Wesleyan. I didn't, again, like I said earlier in the podcast, um, I didn't know this place existed. I'm like, Roberts Wesleyan, what's that? Where's that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and again, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have my sights set on a small, Division two liberal arts college in Rochester, New York. But right. again, that's, that, that, that was the hand I was dealt with. And so even then, I, I when I found out that, okay, that's looking more like the, the main avenue. I had some division one offers fall through the cracks for different reasons that were out of my control. And at this point, I, th I started doubting, like, man, like maybe I'm starting to doubt whether I'll get into the school of my choice and whether that school will have enough um, notoriety and, 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 uh, and I guess, um, what it, it, and I'm not sure whether it'd be big enough for me to get noticed. I'm like, man, Roberts Wesley, I'm not, not going to get seen at this school. Like, I might as well just play my four years and just look to do something else. So like, right. I was starting to doubt whether or not, okay, will I be able to make the transition to the next level if I go to this small school that, you know, I didn't even know existed before they came to me. So right. again, starting to set in my mind and discourage me even a bit. And in that time, I would I would have the temptation to, to look side to side at other guys that I was just as good as getting division one offers and signing but going to the D one schools and going to these schools that um were 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 um, tracked by like you know MLS teams and other professional teams. Mm -hmm. You know, again make me doubt myself and kind of you know get discouraged because again they say you know they say comparison's a thief of joy. So right. like, I, right. I'd be looking at something like man like what the heck? Like am I am I just is this am I just not good enough? Like what is like what could it be? It can't be because I, I play with these same guys day in and day out. I'm training with these guys, running with these guys performing just as well, if not better than these guys. And yet it's like, how come I can't like, you know? So, so again, with that, with that time, um, again, there was some doubt in my mind with, with whether or not things are going to pan out. All right. And so you mentioned, you know, that you were able to stay kind of focused on both the outcome and the process goals they or, and, and the process itself. How did you do that? Cause I, you know, as a, as a, as a former uh, elite level athlete myself, at times that was very difficult, right? And, and at times maintaining that like kind of locked in singular direction sometimes felt impossible. So how did you yeah. do that? I mean, so much of it, again, so much of how I got through different things, I give credit to the people and that, I, that I have access to around me. Um, so much of, so much of getting through that and being able to maintain um, and being process and journey focused as opposed to outcome focused is, again, constantly reminding yourself that, like, 
for me at least, that, you know, who you become and how you mature and develop in the process is ultimately more important than where you end up. Right. And that's something, obviously, and sometimes that's not always easy to accept or hear because, again, obviously, us as, as athletes, as competitors, and just us as, as human beings, we have aspirations, we have goals, we have things we want to achieve. Of right. course, so many people, including myself, were driven a lot of times by achievement. We want things. We want to get, we want to reach certain goals and achieve certain things. So, again, but remembering that who I become in the process, how I mature in the process, and how I develop in the process, overall the journey is what's most important. Until you get a grip of that, then wherever you end up, whether you reach the level that you want or somewhere else, you'll be able to look back and be like, okay, that journey was worth it. You, you'll be able to find contentment in that. And right. I think that understanding that and continuing to remind yourself of that is ultimately what helps you stay focused and stay steadfast on the journey you're on, whatever that is. So it's almost kind of like, understanding that the end goal is going to be worth the struggle yeah yeah in in, in, a, in, a, in a way yeah in a way but i think it's just more understanding that okay this is what i have set out to do this is what i'm striving to accomplish um again there's no guarantees in life right there's no guarantees on the journey there's no guarantee that i would become a professional football there's, there's no guarantees that you would have played in a wizard would be on a tennis scholarship at roberts you know what i'm saying but yeah go beyond and play beyond but knowing that okay on this journey what malcolm will become or what robert will become will be far greater and will be worth will be worth it that you know whether I reach the highest pinnacle of tennis or soccer, I'll be I'll be okay. I'll be good. Right. And that I'll be able to understand, okay, yeah, my path and my journey developed things in me, developed character in me that could take me beyond. Because as much as we love our sports and stuff, it's not gonna last forever. So absolutely we could something we could take uh, you know beyond. And it's interesting too because a lot of a lot of athletes will will be fearful of never reach reaching contentment, right? And that will stop them or slow them down in their process because they don't want to feel fair failure. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that for a lot of athletes, again, is a very difficult, challenging thing. You mentioned something at the beginning in regards to, um, so you played for two years in Sweden Mm-hmm. Um, moved from one division up high to the next, and then kind of COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And so you weren't able to go back, mm-hmm. although you wanted to. Now, how was that process? How, how did you deal with that feeling? So, so yeah, that was that. I mean, man, I can, I can answer this so many different ways. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack a bit. Here's yeah. I'm going to backtrack a bit. So initially... So I finished, did my four years at Roberts Wesleyan. And uh, actually, I'll even go even further back. So before, prior to Sweden, prior to finishing school, I did my four years at Roberts. And midway through Roberts, I had a, um, pretty much I had an offer to go to, to a Division One school. So okay. keep, in mind, keep in mind what I said about my aspirations before going to Roberts initially that I right. wanted to go to. Right? So... Initially, when I went to Robertson, I committed. Um, again, I was at that point when I signed that national letter of intent. I was a Roberts Wesleyan Red Hawk. I was committed. I was there, and I was, I was, I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. Like, you know, RWC, let's do this, man. Like, I'm here. Let's, 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 let's get, let's get active, right? And uh, again, I had no like in the back of my mind. I wasn't thinking, oh, okay, I'm gonna only play here for a year, then transfer. I was just like, no, I'm a Roberts Wesleyan Red Hawk. Let's do this. Let me make my, let me make my impact here. So again, playing my freshman year. Right. Uh, obviously, we had our challenges, but, you know, I had a good freshman year and then sophomore year. We had a great sophomore year. We went to nationals and whatnot. Things were good. And 
I was going into my junior year, right? So I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I'm getting more responsibility. I think I was, was going to become a captain. And, uh, you know, things were good. But that summer, so the summer from sophomore year, um, going into my junior year, um, pretty much I got reached out to by a school, a Division One school in the Northeast. And uh, pretty much I knew a guy that went to that, that went to that school where I played summer ball with. And pretty much him and his dad were reached out and said, hey, listen, like, you know, what's your what's your plan? Like, uh, our coach is looking for a forward. You know, you had a good year and whatnot. We were interested in having you come. Right. So, so I, this came, this came out, this fell in my lap. Like I wasn't even looking for this or anything. Right. And um, at first I'm like, Oh no, nah, man, no, nah. like I'm already, I was comfortable at Roberts. I was, you know, I was doing my thing. Things were fine. But you know, as I, as I, as like, you know, the days and weeks went off my coach who, uh, who coached me during the summer, who's like a very respectable coach, he played professional and whatnot. He reached out to me and said, Hey, listen, Malcolm, do you want to go to this school? And he, he messaged me while I was at work and I looked at my phone and I said, wow, this must be serious. So I, I entertained it a bit and I said, listen, spoke with my dad. I said, dad, listen, like, here's, here's what's happening. Um, there's this school here, Division One. They're interested in me. And we were speaking about it and we said, listen, if you're going to consider this, because mind you, like, I, I technically can't be talking to other schools when I'm still with Robert, right? right? So I kind of have to keep it on the right. DL, <laughs> right? And if things have to happen quick because it was approaching August. You know August is when preseason yeah. starts for, for sports. So literally uh, – Speaking with my dad, and he said, "Okay, listen. If we want to really entertain this, we have to like write up an email with uh, a handful of questions to to send off to the middleman who's going to speak to the coach. Uh, pretty much making sure that there's certain boxes that are checked off. Like, okay, right. for example, if I go to the school, will I lose a, a year of eligibility? Will I? Will, what's the scholarship situation looking like? What's the housing looking like? And then in terms of me coming into the squad, will I? Am I looking just to be a?" role player am i looking to be a significant impact player like i'm at at roberts right now like what's the situation there right so again sent off the email got the email back check 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 scholarship pretty much full ride going to be an integral part starter all this stuff everything was looked at the housing it was brilliant i'm like wow okay this is so at this point now my mind's starting to turn a bit and i'm like okay now well, maybe i should consider this right i've always wanted this it came midway through my college year d1 if i perform well there's more exposure to the professional levels right so long story short, we're getting to like August and it's, I have to, at this point, I got to call my coach and say, listen, here's what I want to do. But I have to word it in a certain way because I can't say, hey, right. listen, this school wants me or else I can get into a lot of mix up, which I didn't want. Right. So fast forward, uh, called the coach and pretty much like the school, like Robertson and of course they denied my release. So wow. pretty much, yeah, pretty much they didn't let me go. So I'm not going to get too much into the details, but pretty much it was very discouraging and kind of heart wrenching. Cause it's like, man, like I, again, put in the work. I've another school, another opportunity noticed my, what I could do. And I've worked hard for this. And, and yet it's like my fate was in somebody else's hands and it was just taken from. Me. So it was very, that, that whole process was very challenging and very uh, hard to get through. Right. right. And again, like there was just some other things that went on that made it challenging, but Right. But pretty much they didn't let me go. Deny my release. So I wasn't able to make that transition to D1. And okay. I had to also go back and still with the mental, with all that was going on and how things panned out, still go back and, and play, play well and play hard again for the school and for the organization and for the coach. Yeah. For a team that wouldn't let you move on. Exactly. So that was very, very like, yeah. even my, that was very, very challenging. Very, very challenging. And how did, how did I, you find the motivation to do that? So again, that's, and that's why I'm leading into this. And this is where 
I, I'm backtracking now and saying that, like, again, all that character building from 14 and sticking it out for situations like these that come up here. Now I'm more prepared for these situations as they come up. Right. right? And it, it enables me to push through these, you know, trying times in order for me to eventually reach the pinnacles that I was fortunate and blessed enough to reach. So, again, to go back, I literally, like, psychologically knowing what panned out. And, again, I know I know what happened. And again, this is in the past. I have no hard feelings towards this or anything anymore. Like that's right. right. So again, if anyone's listening to this from Roberts or anything, it's, it's we're all good. But again, <laughs> at, that, at that time, um, it was very, it was very hard for me psychologically, mentally, and even emotionally to go back with a positive mindset to know that okay, I got to go on the pitch and grind and play hard for again the school and again the coaching staff as well as the players around me. It was hard. Right. I'm not being honest. Psychologically, knowing like okay, man, these guys took a golden opportunity, a golden ticket away from me, something I worked hard for, something that I deserve. And yet I still got to find the, find the, the capacity to still go all out. Right. Because That's absolute so discipline. Much, exactly. Cause so much of going all out, you got to be mentally bought in. And like, at this point I'm like, man, like part of me was like, no, I don't want to do this. I'm not, I don't want to come back here. I'm, you know, but I had right. to fight because it's like, I had to realize what's at stake here. I'm going to go and, I have aspirations of playing professionally, so am I going to go? I can't afford to sit out a whole year just because I have uh, some feud and some issues with how things panned out. Right. Or I can just understand the, the the end in mind, understand the goals and things I want to achieve, and just you just have to have your mind be stronger than your emotions. Absolutely. And okay, Malcolm, if you want to give yourself the best shot at playing professionally, you can't afford to sit a, take a year off because you gotta you you're fed up at how things panned out tough system it's life at times you know if you're built for this or not and i had to kind of as well as again and i had support from family morally and stuff as well as friends like shout out to them but um that was definitely uh something i had to do so i went and junior year went back and uh you know played well had a good year but it was hard because like just knowing and just knowing that you know man sometimes i catch myself especially when things weren't going well i'm like man i don't or like when the culture try to get at me for things or whatnot i'm like man like I could be somewhere else right now, technically. So you wouldn't have to deal with me. Like I wanted to be a snob like that, but right. again, I have to keep my mind strong and understand, like, to not let any of the outside um, factors affect me uh, emotionally and psychologically, because that'll affect my performance. And then if I affect my performance, that's you know, I'm only hindering myself. For sure. And and to some of the some of the the younger athletes who are going to be listening to to this episode, can you give us an example of what that? inner conversation was like to keep you nice and disciplined and to keep you focused on the end goal although the circumstances in the environment were far from what you wanted uh man there's so many there's so many words i could say but i could just you know for anyone that's willing to listen to this or is this part of the podcast like just ask yourself remember remember what you want and remember your why remember your why remember your why you constantly make a daily thing because when times get tough, remember your why and understand like what's at stake here. If you want to let your emotions and whatever resentment you may have towards a program or a coaching staff or even other players, if you want to let that impede your performance and impede your discipline, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you're only affecting yourself and hindering yourself. And you're gonna you're you're only gonna have yourself to be upset at. Because at the end of the day, when your college career is done and when that year is done, the, the coaching staff, the players you play with and whatnot, they're going to go and be living their lives and you're going to have to live with where you're at. And if you're not satisfied with that, if you're not performing, if it, you have to look yourself in the mirror. So you have to understand it's, it's very difficult, but you have to ask yourself, what's at stake here? And remember your why. That's, those are the two biggest things. 
Absolutely, man. That's and that's fantastic because that's again, that's something that's very easily forgotten when the circumstances are not ideal. It, because it's easier to give up. Oh, trust right. Me. Much easier. So a lot of athletes will take that route. Um, and, and it's, it's, man, it's just so great to hear from somebody who has been able to overcome that and who has broken those boundaries and those barriers. And I think that it's, it's very empowering, even for me as a, as a former pro athlete, it's so empowering to hear you say that because I'm like, man, like this is another one of, of our guys who was able to do that. And it's not easy. Mm, right. And you, can, and, and you can just tell, man, even when you're explaining it, it's like some of the emotion. Right. And it's a natural thing. Mm. Um, but okay. So you managed to go through that. You managed to maneuver through that. The conversation was there. Let's move over a little bit to what happened with Sweden. Let's move over a little bit with how COVID itself impacted because that's a big thing right now for a lot of athletes. Mm. So even with Sweden, so I'm going to give you kind of a, a fast, uh, uh, a shortened version of my first year over there. So again, mm. me thinking, okay, I went through that time in college and went through that challenging time. And I think, okay, finally finished up my college career, could tip my hats off, had a good Robbie's career. So now I'm like, okay, now it's time to make the transition. So like, you know, the grind continues. So uh, I went, uh, initially I'm going to go. So I remember how I told you I went to Erie, Pennsylvania to play for yep. three months. Initially, I tried to go and get in with the Rochester Rhinos. Right. Right. So I went to play and initially I, I, I went on trial with the Rhinos before. And they said, listen, we, want, we, we like you, but we want you to go and like play with this team here in the summer. We're going to come and take another look at you. Right. So I'm like, okay. So the team was in Erie. And, this, and then my whole plan was, okay, great. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do my thing in the summer, do well, perform. And then these, hopefully these guys are going to bring me in in the summer. So that I had that, again, beginning with the end of mind. That was my plan. I had that set out. So I, I continued on that path and that journey. So I went to Erie and pretty much it was like a short, short season, like 10 games, right? So I had 10 games to really show out. I sprained my ankle bad twice in those 10 games. So I ended up playing like eight games. And out of those eight games, like, I mean, five or four of them I played properly. So it was just, it just ended up just plummeting. So it was like mentally on that, I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Like another thing I have to kind of manage. And that's part of the game. Again, injuries and different things. And psychologically, I was going through a lot off the field as well that year, 2017, just with like just things off the field. And uh, so it was, again, psychologically speaking and mentally speaking, going through a lot. And then with the injuries and things not panning out completely, things panning out completely opposite, it just made it that much harder. So that, so at that point, mentally, I was like, okay, I just need to go home and get recalibrated mentally, right? right? And then I'm going to, whatever, get get a month of physio in, get healthy, and then that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to take this jump and test my luck in Sweden. Mm-hmm. So I went in Sweden, I went to Sweden my first year, I went to sign for a, a fourth division team, right, okay. so in the pyramid, and uh, pretty much I met with the agency and kind of we went through all the logistics and stuff, and I just made sure like certain things were going to be in place, like contract and whatnot, um, right. things like that. Long story short, because I could talk forever on this, but I'm going to condense it as best I can. Went there my first year, and a lot of what what uh, a lot of what was promised to me didn't happen. So again, more psychological and mental challenges going on, and physical challenges. So I get there in Sweden, pretty much the health thing they said we were going to have, it wasn't that house. So we were, I got put up in some like small like cortical thing. Right. First day, there, first day there. And then um, initially I was like, okay, waiting. I was like tr- training and stuff. 
And at that point, like I wasn't too uh, frustrated about that because I was just excited to be in Europe and finally training and playing with this team. It was my first European footballing experience, like at like I guess the semi-pro level. Right. So they're training, 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 doing well, uh, getting acquainted with the squad. Uh, you know, training outside in cold weather. Obviously, we're in Scandinavia, so it's freezing up yeah. there. And the language too, right? Yeah, language barriers, all this stuff. I'm trying to like get accustomed with the guys and also prove myself. And like, because you know, like at this trade, it's doggy dog. Like a new guy comes from a new place trying to take the spot. Like it's it's cutthroat. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, like these guys, none of the management or anything has, has sat me down for any sort of contract talks. I haven't gotten any stipend or anything from the club. Like, what's going on? But I said, you know what? You know, my agency will handle it. Whatever. Like, let me just focus on just continuing to perform. So whatever week goes by, two weeks. A month, month and a half. I'm like, yo, like, still haven't gotten any sort of stipend or nothing. I'm going off the money I saved. Right. No exaggeration. So I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like, right? So whatever. At this point now, uh, two months into the night trip, we have a preseason trip in Cyprus, right? Which yeah. is nice. I'm like, okay, great. You know, that was a great experience. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm asking the manager. So I'm like, hey, when are we going to sit down and, you know, talk about stipend and whatnot? He's like, oh, yeah, in Cyprus and Cyprus, don't worry. So I'm like, okay. So we go to Cyprus. We spend our five days there on the training camp. Five days go by, no conversation, no nothing. So like, this is strange. Like, what's what's going on? Mind you, we meet as soon as we go back, get back from Cyprus. The season starts like a week later. So I'm like, right. okay, there's no way I'm going to be starting regular season play. I've been grinding, putting my body at risk and whatnot, and like I haven't gotten any sort of salary or stipend from the club. Like, what's going on? So all these things are playing on my psyche as I'm right. going out every day, training hard, putting my body in the line, training in minus 15 degree weather, minus 20 degree weather. And yet, okay, no, I haven't gotten no pay from the club. They haven't even done their part to, to, to help me with a, like a job yet or anything right. like that. Even a job on the side, like, right. Cause the club wasn't, it wasn't financially that rich. So it was, it was just like, so all this stuff I'm thinking about as a professional, trying to perform and focus solely on playing football for the club. And now I have to worry about money. I have to worry about, oh, man, when am I going to get paid? Oh, man, living situation. So much things were just were just out of out of uh, the loop. And, like, right. they, weren't, they weren't, right? So, like, again, for, for an athlete, psychologically, that's, that's impeding on it so much. Right. So went through that whole year. I still managed to do well with all the challenges off the field that I shouldn't have to worry about. Right. Happened. Right? And then... I still managed to have a successful year, and then I came back the following year and I went to another team that played in uh, uh, the division up. And um, that year had a new set of challenges with injuries and stuff. But again, those two years definitely had its challenges. And then to finally think, okay, I spent the two years there, I was that invested. I'm going to go back. There's another club that wanted me. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like this is the, the breakout year. And then boom, the world as we know it changes. Right. So now back to answer your question now, just dealing with that transition and with COVID coming into the picture, it was just like, at this point, I was really thinking to myself, like, it was a very humbling time for me because I'm like, okay, like, had these two years here with all the challenges and whatnot, I persevered through those times. So I'm like, okay, there has to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Has to be at some point. Like, there's right. no way I went through all this, just, just, right? And at that point in time, I was really thinking, okay, I was really... Um, like results focus, which at times I got to be careful of because again, the results aren't guaranteed. Absolutely. Right. But with all that, again, this is where the challenging part comes in with all that you, it's, it's hard not to be results focused because it's like, man, I got to get some, so I got to reach some reward here. Right. But, um, so when COVID hit and whatnot, I'm like, man, like that fell through the cracks and then I had an opportunity in the U S and then <clears throat> again, there was everything shut down. So like I couldn't, and I have to get my passport that didn't come on time. So that fell through the cracks. 
Right. And that was that was in quick succession. So hmm. I'm like, man, like, is this is this it? Like, I was thinking to myself, man, like, <laughs> right, like, like, what's going on with COVID and everything? Like, NBA stop, NHL stop, all the big league stop. It's like, yeah. man, if LeBron James doesn't play basketball, there's no way Michael's going to be playing soccer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, man, like, what, like, what's going on here? And I thought to myself, man, like, I don't know this. I may have to, I may have to pivot and look into some other things, right? Right. But um, so yeah, definitely mentally, it was just uh. It was definitely challenging because I had to do, I had to wrestle with the potential reality of, you know, hanging up the boots, like actually, and like right. not, it wasn't, it wasn't my decision per se. Like it was more like, okay, like, like what's what's happening here? Like there's no, there's like what I plan to do, I'm not able to do. So it's like, so just mentally, just understanding that, like, I had to come to a place and get to a place mentally where I'm like, okay, like with all that I've experienced from soccer, with all the challenges, ups and downs, like, am I at that place of contentment or? Am I am do I have am I at a place where I'm fulfilled? Right, right. And like dealing, dealing with the implications psychologically, mentally, and emotionally with, with what comes with that, which is not easy. Again, like right. you know, look at all the top players that retire from the game after a lucrative career and a great career. Like they're emotional. They're it's it's, it's hard. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I think with that, I think with that, um, that was definitely challenging. Definitely hard on the mind, and and I think one thing to one thing to, to share with athletes is just always, you know, be prepared. Always yeah. just be prepared with, with other things, uh, you know, obviously have a, have a plan. Um, but yeah, just be prepared and just always remember like to cherish and, and make the most of your, your, your moments as a, as an athlete and as a player, make the most of it. The hard times, make the most of it. Find the areas in which you can grow and develop the good times. Be present. It's right. so important. I don't even think certainly. I know these are these are these are mundane statements, but they're they're so important and so true in my opinion. But but they're you know they they might be mundane statements, but they're they're statements that change perspective. They change performance. They change life is perspective, mm. right? And 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 obviously under the umbrella of life comes our journey as as athletes and and everything else. And and perspective needs to be in the right way to be able to succeed. Right. And, and, you know, you're talking about something that's incredibly difficult to do, to be in the present moment, to be in the here and now and take every minute of every practice for what it is, every minute of every game for what it is and everything in between without expectation per se, or without requiring this instant gratification. Right. And that's a tough thing to do. Right. And, and, and obviously you've, you've managed to do it very well because it, it propelled you to, to the levels that you've reached. Now, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you before, because this is part of part of the point of this entire podcast. Mm-hmm. Were psychological services spoken to, spoken about or offered to you guys as players? Um, during, yeah. And during my time in, 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 in Europe, no. Not no. Okay. Okay. So once again, right. So we moved from the junior level where we see no help there. We moved to the semi-professional level. We see no help there. Now let's go over to the way that you got into, into the Ottawa team, mm-hmm. how that process was like. And I'm going to ask you the same question. Once you tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So again, going back 2018, semi-pro 2019, uh, professional and then 2020 now I'm with Ottawa so I go in I go into that uh, organization into the, in the summer and uh, I've been with them ever since in regard to um, 
how it was run. Obviously, things were things were good. Canadian Premier League, well organized uh, and structured uh, format in the league. Um, Canadians, Canada's top flight. And in regard to in regard to um, getting access to help, it was definitely uh, there was definitely an improvement from my my previous experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, to to highlight more of the to highlight more of what you're asking, uh, this past year actually. We uh, we had a session actually as a team okay. where we uh, where we actually met with a, a psychologist because Perfect. our year our year collectively was kind of challenging. So at the end, uh, the club organized a, like a team session with like a sports psychologist, uh, mental health mm-hmm. uh, individual came in and just kind of just it was just it was just the the individual and then the team, no coaches, right. no anything. It was just us, the team, and then the the um, the counselor there, and we were just speaking, just open conversation and stuff, and. Definitely, that was the that was honestly my first my first experience as a professional where I had access to 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 that service uh, with like a, a mental a mental health uh, professional or like mm-hmm. a psychologist. And I think a lot of to, to be honest, a lot of the guys didn't really care to do it because it was it was very uh it was very it was just out of the blue, very random. It wasn't really planned. Like the club just told everyone, hey, listen, guys, tomorrow you're in your Saturday evening, you have to meet with this person. So people weren't really prepared. So some people didn't, like some of the guys mentally weren't really, didn't really want to be there. And I understand right. why, because it was, it was, it was, it was sporadic. It wasn't, it wasn't, right. they, they weren't, but in regard to, um, in regard to, I guess the, the benefits of it, I could, I see the benefits of it for sure. Because again, certain things that as much as, as much as you may think, it's a safe place at times. Like some athletes won't be comfortable saying certain things to the coach, to his face, right. or right. maybe even to certain staff or how things are run and projecting their opinions per se, because again, that you never know how that can maybe affect how they're perceived by the staff or their playing time per se. Cause again, in the pro sports business, it's, it's like that. Right. I don't, and I don't really care who tries to make it seem like it's, it's, it's fair. It's just not like I could say the wrong thing and that could, the coach's view of me could change or it can affect my, it can. Yeah. So again, just having that, having accessibility and, and to, to someone and, and having that safe space to be able to speak your mind and say, okay, no, here's the problems I see with the club or here's the issues I have, or here's the things that I think are going good and having it be a safe place and having it be a confidential place is I think can, can bring benefits to, to, to the athletes for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it, it's it's so interesting to me that you mentioned one thing in particular, where it's like a lot of guys were not really feeling that. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was spontaneous. It was last minute. But that's not really the reason, is it? It's because they're not used to it. It's not something common. You could you could say that you could say that. Yeah. Right. A lot. And, and there's so many athletes that still see the stigma attached to it. Mm. Oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm. I don't. What do I need to talk to this guy for? I'm good, mm. right? And because if if it would have been, let's say, a structure, a developmental path that was required for all young soccer players to take throughout their entire process, that would have been a normal thing. Mm. It would have been, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I this I've done this in the past. It's great. I'm I'm up for it, whether it was spontaneous or not. Mm. right and i think it's that's where that's really where the 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 challenge is and and the problem lies is that it's let's be honest pretty much like a taboo topic 
right? People don't want to talk about the fact that they go speak to somebody or that they feel they need help from that perspective, from the psychological perspective. Because for some odd reason, we're just expected to figure it out, right? It's like, well, you got to just go out there and well, you're the athlete, you, you figure it out. You got to perform. And that expectation is, as you've mentioned before, can be really, really heavy. Mm. Right. Sure. So it's, it's, and, and, you know, my observation obviously comes just from, from working with athletes and, and seeing athletes and being in the world, but you're kind of sharing the same thing, which really validates my kind of my prediction. Right. And, and this is the beautiful thing about this podcast is that we can get, Athletes like yourself who've overcome and have persevered, but still highlight the fact that, you know what, that help wasn't there. I had to figure that out on my own. Had support from family, which is crucial. But in terms of teaching and learning tools, right, like visualization pieces, self-talk pieces, as, as just two examples, that wasn't really ever necessarily directly spoken about or taught right and even the fact that you guys had one session only as a team at the end of the year yeah is mind-blowing to me because what can you really accomplish in just one session i'm sure there were things that came up that were healthy for the team right to discuss and, and maybe some people got some stuff off their chest but at the end of the day it's one session Right. So even that to me is like, well, it's a good step, but we need to do more. Mm. Right. Do you feel like you benefited from that session? Um, yeah, a little bit. I would say I would add one thing, though. We also um, we had individual meetings with our with our GM and the coach, but like player for player. So we had our individual meetings where we were able to speak and discuss uh, what was on our mind, what we felt needed to improve, what we felt was going well and stuff too. So sorry, just to add to that, we did have other, um, I guess, formats or, or ways of, of, I guess, what I want to say, therapeutic or psych, psych, psycho, psychological, psychological meetings. Excuse me, okay. excuse me. Um, but just the one time it was with the actual psychologist. And then the other times we met with the, the GM and the coach and we were able to just get on our chest, like what we felt, uh, we, what we felt worse, what we felt didn't work, where our heads were at and stuff. So yeah, we actually, we had, we had like a, like, I had like a few of those throughout the year. Um, because again, it was a need because again, like with how things were going in our season, the things weren't going the greatest for us. So again, there was definitely had, there was needs that weren't being met. Um, right. Obviously, field as well as potentially off the field, which is why those meetings happened. And we also had another team meeting where we were able to discuss things. But again, not everyone really spoke in that meeting, though. Right. Right. And again, with the coaches and everyone there, like, again, people were probably hesitant and whatnot, which, again, right. it is normal because it's like, man, I don't want to say something that's going to ruffle someone's feathers. And so now, next thing you know, I'm on the bench. Right. Or like, next thing you know, teammates have spite, are spiteful towards me, or they're not, you know what I'm saying? There's so many different things. Uh, possibilities that could happen that could go wrong or could be taken the wrong way, which is why I only highlighted that that one meeting we had at the end of the year with the psychologist. Right. And, and, you know, part of, part of the psychologist's uh, job is to, is to teach you guys how to maneuver through some of those tough conversations. Right. And, and how to be able to say the things you want to say without having a negative impact. 
um, and, and so on and so forth. And so again, I think it's, it's very good that that was there. And I actually am really happy to hear that there were those meetings with, with the GMs and the coaches, but you had mentioned before as well that, well, man, sometimes I don't feel comfortable sharing that stuff with my coach or what's really in my heart. Right. Like, cause same reason ah, you're telling me I can say whatever, but if I say something that's you don't like, how does that then impact tomorrow mm-hmm. when I'm on the field? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, because at the end of the day, unfortunately, you know, at, the, at that pro level, they hold that power. Right. So they, they have kind of, you know, that control. Now, as we're kind of, uh, you know, tying things up on the, on the episode here uh, for today, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, can you leave the listeners, especially like the younger athletes, with a, a take-home message? Uh, Your individual key to success, what you believe. Oh, man, I could, I could, I could say so many things, but I think I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll leave them with this. I would say re- figure out your why and always remember your why. Um, you know, challenges and whatnot on any journey, whether you're an athlete or not, they're inevitable. So always, always remember, remember your why. Um, and I would say another thing is don't, um, you know, be yourself, like truly be yourself and always remember that there's no shame in, in, in getting help. And, 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 you know, if you have, if you're, you know, if you have those, those outlets and people that are in your corner that are supportive, you know, Everybody needs support. And everybody needs needs help at some point in the journey. So, so never, never, you're not, you're not, never count yourself out. Don't, don't burden yourself. Don't think that man, you're all on your own. Um, even if you may feel that way, just know that there's, like, if you have access to help, use it. And remember, just remember your why. Remember your why, and understand that, um, you know, the journey and the the process ultimately. Even if you may not see it, the journey and the process ultimately is more important than the destination itself. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Malcolm. Dude, I really appreciate you being on the episode, man. That was that was fantastic. Uh, great conversation. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and, and sharing your story. It's not easy to talk about some of those difficulties. Um, and I really hope that other athletes do feel empowered and do feel um, the courage to be able to open up about some of the things that they went through. Um, because I think it's important we speak about these things. I think it's important we understand that we are all human. Uh, I think we, it's important that we all understand that athletes are not untouchable, like some people may think. Um, and we do all experience difficulties and hardships. Um, and the psychological aspect can really either make or break you. Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm extremely happy, man, that you've been able to persevere and, and you had the right people around you to help you do that. Um, and, and you should take a ton of pride in that. You should be extremely happy about your growth as an athlete and as a person. Um, and I think that what you have done so far, um, and what you will do from here on end is, uh, is beautiful. And, and I, I truly respect that. And, and again, I value your time. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. I appreciate you. No, thanks for having, thanks for having me, man. It was, it was good. It was good to be on. Absolutely, man. Hey, everybody remember 
Today's episode was sponsored to you by Mindset First Mental Health and Performance. You guys can check us out at www.mindsetfirst.ca. We offer psychological help as well as physical help. We have sports psychology, counseling, massage therapy, so on and so forth. We're here to help you guys. There is help for everybody. You are not alone. And uh, we are here no matter what. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate you. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. You've been listening to the Broken Boundaries podcast. It's our passion to break the stigma of mental health amongst athletes. We hope you enjoyed the show and we hope you've gotten some useful and practical information. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at Mindset First Inc. And our website at www.mindsetfirst.ca. Take care, and we'll see you next time on the Broken Boundaries Podcast.